1: Marvin Harrison Jr. is the real deal. And when's the last time that the Bears drafted a wide receiver who was the real deal, right? And you got to keep going back and back and back, Ryan. Okay, so, I mean, I think that if that's a scenario, if you're feeling comfortable with Justin Fields, you still have another uh, draft pick, which you could use, maybe get a tackle, uh, offensive tackle, maybe a defensive tackle. I would say yes. I mean, I think that would be a good move. I mean, he's just – he's – the best player in college football. So I would definitely take a swing on him at number one if that's the direction that the Bears decide to go.
2: Hey there and welcome into the program. Ryan O'Leary here, playing host, joined as always by Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa is the managing editor of the Bears Wire, which is powered by the USA Today Network. Our little podcast, it's available wherever you what you know, whatever platform you love the most: Apple, Spotify. Google, so please rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. Alyssa, how you doing? How was your bye week?
1: I'm doing good. Um, I had a really good bye week. Uh, it was a chance just to kind of relax a little bit. Obviously, still hard at work getting stories up, and there was always some, you know, report, uh, including something we're going to talk about. I'm sure in this show. Um, Oh, ne- there's always news during the season, but it was nice to kind of take a step back and it was kind of a, like a preview of the beginning of the off season before free agency and the draft kick in. But yeah, nice, nice bye week. The bears didn't lose. So I'm doing pretty good.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 it's great. And now we're back. And I thought a fun way just to get us back into the flow of things coming off the bye. We obviously don't have a game to react and bitch about Alyssa. Right. So <laughs> I was thinking five questions Kind of random, some hypothetical, some not even about the Bears, but just five questions to get us reacclimated after the bye week. You down?
1: I'm down. Let's do it. All right,
2: Alyssa has really not been prepped on these, so she's going to be giving us her knee jerk reactions to some of these questions. And here's number one. It's a hypothetical draft question, Alyssa, born from some of the mock drafts we've seen and that you guys have done a great job compiling on Bears Wire. Here's the question, and it's a hypothetical. So the hypothetical situation is the Bears decide to build around Fields. So that's their best path forward. Should Ryan Poles in that situation go all in on drafting Marvin Harrison Jr.? And and by that, I mean, even if it means making him the first wide receiver taken number one overall since Keyshawn Johnson. That was 30 years ago, right? So should he just go all in on Marvin Harrison Jr. in that hypothetical that they decide that Fields is their guy?
1: My knee-jerk reaction is, hell yes, all in. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a hell of a a football player. Excuse me. See, he's got me all flustered. He does. Um, And this is as a Michigan fan talking about Ohio State player, by the way. Um, And I think that he should uh, win the Heisman, in my opinion. He's just the best player in college football. Um, And when you have a player that caliber in front of you and you're able to take him, you take him. And he's someone... Where I just think about this this hypothetical, which I like the hypothetical of the Bears choosing to stick with Justin Fields for another year, then you pair uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. and DJ Moore together, and my goodness, Justin Fields is going to have like the best one-two wide receiver tandem arguably in the NFL. I mean, that's just incredible, and what that could do for his confidence um obviously in this scenario i'm assuming that we move on from blue getsy or praying because <laughs> otherwise why are you getting marvin harrison jr if you're not going to let your quarterback throw the ball down right. the field yeah but um yeah there's a lot in this scenario too because if that's the route um like if the bears decide to stick with justin fields i'm assuming that they are sticking with matt eberflus for a third season uh because at that point you don't want to go ahead, bring in a new head coach, and they're stuck with fields, and then we're repeating the cycle where the quarterback and the head coach aren't on the same timeline. So I'm assuming in that scenario. I mean, it. it's interesting because in that case, I would want to answer this question, obviously, at the end of the season, because let me see, is the team able to pull off some miraculous um, Lions-like comeback from last year, like we alluded to in the previous episode? Like, is that a possibility? These last five games are some winnable matchups there maybe they go on a mini winning streak which is something that is yet to happen under Matt Eberflus but yeah just Marvin Harrison Jr. is a hell of a football player and I feel like the position that the Bears are in where they have two first round draft picks this is something that they could afford to do obviously on the other hand, trading back that number one pick when it's going to be even in more high demand this year with Caleb Williams and Drake May, but especially Caleb Williams, he's going to be the number one guy unless the Bears were to stick stick there and take a, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. So like, then again, you're trading back and you get more draft capital. You still have two first-round draft picks, but you have even more draft capital because the Bears are only currently sitting with six picks right now. So, I mean, I, I could, I'd love either scenario at that point but my goodness like marvin harrison jr is the real deal and when's the last time that the bears drafted a wide receiver who was the real deal right and you gotta keep going back and back and back Ryan. okay so i mean i think that if that's a scenario if you're feeling comfortable with justin fields you still have another uh, draft pick which you could use maybe get a tackle uh, offensive tackle maybe a defensive tackle i would say yes I mean, I think that would be a good move. I mean, he's just – he's the best player in college football, so I would definitely take a swing on him at number one if that's the direction that the Bears decide to go.
2: Yeah, I find it fascinating because some people are mocking Marvin Harrison Jr. at number one to the Bears with that Panthers pick. And I find it fascinating because it, it, it's only happened three times in the in the league, a wide receiver going number one overall. It's just – it doesn't happen very often. Marvin Harrison Jr., though – I. I Number one overall, Alyssa, it's really tough because I still think just the raw talent alone of Caleb Williams and just the, the fanfare that comes with him. You know, he's just such an interesting player. He feels like he, you know, this kid could be an epic bust, but he could also just burst onto the scene, too. You know what I mean? Like, he's got that kind of talent. So it might be too much to pass up at, you know, on at number one overall. Maybe you at least have to trade. But if you trade back, you risk losing Marvin Harrison Jr., right? You, you do make that risk. So. I think you could argue that Harrison has the highest ceiling to bust ratio, right, of all the players. You're talking about quarterbacks where you're sometimes you're flipping a coin. You know, you go you could go through all the drafts. Wasn't it Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson? Flip a coin. Who's going to be the guy? Well, Trevor Lawrence looks like a guy. Wilson, obviously, a bust, right? You could flip a coin. Is it Drake May or is it Caleb Williams? You could get that wrong, you know, and and it's not 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 the fault of anybody, but you just get it wrong because once the the kid gets into that NFL setting. It just either it works or it doesn't, you know, and it's just such a crap shoot sometimes in the NFL, especially with these guys drafted at the top of the draft, Trey Lance, another one. Uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's a fascinating question. I think Marvin Harrison jr. Just guarantee your guarantee yourself a guy that's going to come in and just change your franchise. You put Harrison and DJ Moore on opposite sides of the field. <laughs> We're cooking. Here we go. So that is a fun question. Uh, Question number two, it has nothing to do with the Bears or the NFL. I just want to get your opinion on this because I know you're a big college football fan. Uh, Give me your take on this. Was the college football playoff committee right to dock Florida State due to their starting quarterback there, Jordan Travis, uh, you know, getting a season ending injury? It was ultimately what knocked them out of the college football playoff. What's your take on that? Was was the committee right or wrong?
1: I'm going to preface this by saying, if you've listened to our show, you know that I'm a Michigan fan and I could already hear people going, Oh yeah, you'd rather play FSU than Alabama. (laughs) Well, of course, first off, I mean, uh, who wouldn't want to play a team without their starting quarterback or who wouldn't want to play? I'd still rather play FSU with Jordan Travis than Alabama because Nick Saban is just like a hell of a football coach and now has a full month to prepare. But I digress Um, with that in mind. I do think that FSU was screwed. I mean, they like, I don't care about like because a lot of people like the the argument the reasoning was that they're down their starting quarterback okay but does that that doesn't diminish what they accomplished over the entire season and how the last two games that they were able to prove that they could win without their starting quarterback because there's so much focus now I think uh, in and in the NFL or in college football about the importance of offense but you can win uh, win games with defense right and that's what fsu was able to do i know i know that too watching michigan that's how they've won some games this year it's just with a really good defense and that shouldn't diminish your accomplishments they are a power five school that won the acc title went undefeated and they still were snubbed i mean just like i mean it's become a whole controversy where there's like florida lawmakers like trying to to sue or whatnot and everything (laughs) which i mean it's 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 crazy but Understandable. I'm trying to put myself in that position if you know that was Michigan being left out. But at the same time, I'm not surprised it happened because I I kind of did this. These are the four teams that should get in and bring. So Michigan, Washington, Texas, FSU. That was my should. What I thought would happen was exactly what happened, Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama, because you can't, I couldn't see a scenario where the committee left an SEC team at it. it. I just I couldn't. And with Georgia losing, it just sent everything into chaos. I mean, I was asking for chaos because, like, I felt pretty confident. I'm like, hey, Michigan's getting in whatnot. We could be number one, number two, whatever. Um, But, yeah, I just think the FSU just really got screwed with that because, I mean, again, yes, they don't have their starting quarterback, but they proved that they can win games without their starting quarterback, which shows just how good this football team is. So, I mean, I don't understand why they're being punished for that.
2: Yeah. It feels wrong, doesn't it? I mean, this. Thank God they're expanding. I don't know if expanding to twelve teams is the hitter, but uh, yeah, it needs. Eight. Yeah, it needs to be settled on the field. It it sucks that it that we haven't already gotten to that point, right? I mean, it just this needs to be settled on the field and not in a boardroom or a conference room somewhere. You know what I mean? It's just it's ridiculous. But uh, as for FSU, I mean, it wasn't right. <laughs> Only one conference champion gets an automatic bid, and that's the SEC. And I think we we learned yeah. that. I mean, it was it's okay to leave Alabama and Georgia out, but you even heard, you know, Nick Saban before the Georgia game, before the SEC championship, campaigning, saying, "Hey, if you only have one loss in this league, you should, you're one of the four best teams in the country. They're they're always going to get their their way there." Um, and I think just a hunch, Alyssa, I think the NCAA is a little scarred from that Georgia TCU championship, where it was like. <laughs> Seventy to nothing or something. You know I, mean? I, I, I know I'm exaggerating that, but it was like they don't want another repeat of that. So uh, I think maybe they were wor- maybe that's, that, yeah, that's that's in the back of their heads. And there's some that's bias. Michigan's
1: there. bad. Yeah, sorry, we yeah. should have beaten them, and then True. we would have had Michigan, Georgia, and that would have been great.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah. So maybe there's some bias there, but yeah, all around bad luck. And thank God we, we'll finally start settling this thing on the field next year. And I, you know, I don't think there will be a lot of uh, they'll still be bitching about the 12 and 13 teams, right? But. Um, it should be a little bit lesser so. Uh, question number three. Big story on Bears Wire this week coming out of the bye is that the Bears are reportedly showing interest, Alyssa, in Commander's assistant head coach and offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, He's helped turn a crappy quarterback in Sam Howell into one of the top passers in the league and kind of broke away from Andy Reid. So, where, Alyssa, does Bieniemy sit on your list of potential Bears head coach candidates?
1: Oh, that's a good one because um, I haven't formally started. I mean, granted, I mean, Matt Berflew still is the head coach, but For following now. some
2: <laughs> For know, just yeah.
1: incredible run down this, the final five game stretch here. I think we know that he's gone. Um, wish we could retain him as defensive coordinator because he's just been fantastic. I wonder he he would be the kind of guy. Would he be the guy to take a demotion? <laughs> I, <don't
2: laughs> I, <know. laughs> I hope not. I hope not, because <laughs>
1: that would just be bad. Sorry, the, the, Matt.
2: The Broncos kind of um, tried to do that with Vic Fangio. It was like a year later, they're like, oh, "Hey,
1: Vic, come fine. on back,
2: come on back with Sean Payton." And Vic Fangio was like, "Go screw yourself."
1: <laughs> I, I think that Eberflus is going to be like a top defensive coordinator target for any team this offseason if he's mm-hmm. if he's fired. So he'll still have a job. Um, but, yeah, I haven't really started doing a whole lot of research, but there are some names that have stuck out when I was, like, kind of thinking of potential head coaching candidates because, let's be real, I've been thinking about this since that Chiefs loss in week three. Um, so – and we're sitting here in week 14, so, you know, a few months have passed since then. But, I mean, Eric Bieniemy was someone who, uh, obviously, I think I wanted the Bears to consider last time, but there was no way in hell that they were going to go back-to-back uh, Chiefs offensive coordinators, especially considering uh, how the last one panned out. Right. So um, but I, I, I will say that I think the enemy is one of the top ones that I would like uh, the Bears to consider, because at this point, you have to go an offensive minded head coach. You You have to. That's the direction of the league. You look around at all these NFL teams, the successful NFL teams and their head coaches are offensive minded guys. Um, You keep that consistency in place, you know, also if you get to a point uh, where I think like in Houston, for example, um, when you see the success of CJ Stroud under Bobby Slowick, who is also one of the other head coaching candidates, I'd like the bears to keep an eye on the Texans offensive coordinator. And then like back to the right? He's, he's not only that offensive minded guy, he's had proven success, right? When you saw him, leave Kansas City to go to Washington it was to kind of get out from under the shadow of Andy Reid cuz so many people are like oh no it's just like with Matt Nagy you know he was successful because of Andy Reid and Andy Reid's calling and plays so you know Bami had to get out now he's doing his own thing and like you said he has Sam Howell looking like a really good quarterback which is just impressive to say the least so yeah. Whether you decide to stick with Justin Fields or whether you decide to draft a quarterback, which I think is probably the more likely option. Can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine Eric the with Caleb Williams? Because like now you're trying to recreate that Kansas City thing, mm-hmm. which I, like I mean, it. a lot of people have compared Williams to Patrick Mahomes. Ryan Poles came from Kansas City, so he knows the You know, he's been in an organization. I feel like this is a move that, you know, we even talked about on the last podcast or in the past where the the hiring process between general manager and head coach happens so quickly where they where they hired polls like what, two or three days before hiring Iberflus. They already had three coaching candidates finalized. So basically polls had to kind of pick between those three. So now in this off season, assuming they move on from Iberflus, he can conduct his own uh, head coaching search, search alongside president Kevin Warren. And I definitely think that the enemy uh, would be one of those top options, right? Especially given that Kansas City connection. Like I said, Bobby Sloak from Houston. I think Ben Johnson from the Lions, um, and someone that you had mentioned to me too, which uh, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. And I said, as a Michigan fan, this that would be the only destination where I would be like, okay, Jim, you can leave Michigan. I I get it. Just you know, do it for the Bears.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think Jim Harbaugh is like. He tops my list because he's got the offensive background and he's got the experience. He wouldn't be that first-year guy. Now, Biennemi's been around, right? So he's been around a ton. Uh, so he just hasn't gotten his shot for whatever reason. Maybe he had to finally break away from Reed, right? So it feels like Bienemy has more experience than he than he really does, but he's never been that head coach. So Jim Harbaugh would be a guy that, I don't know, it just checks my boxes. makes me feel more comfortable. I would love that. Uh, but, yeah, Bienemy. One of these other offensive guys, you know, that you mentioned these these younger guys too. If you're going to go with another first year head coach, you know, you mentioned Ben Johnson from the Lions, love it. Another guy I really like is uh, Brian Johnson, the other Johnson, the offensive coordinator with the Eagles. You know, a, a guy that's found some success with Jalen Hurts. I think the Eagles are one of my model teams that I'd like to model after because they built their offense around their quarterback and their quarterback strength. They even created an unstoppable play. That tush push brotherly it's, shove thing. It's a novel concept. Yeah. They just, they've, I mean, isn't that, doesn't that play say at all? They've built something around their quarterback and they probably have done That's it better can. than any other team in the league. I, Baltimore is pretty good with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Mahomes is another great example of them building around that player. But uh, the Bears need to do that, especially if they keep Justin Fields. But, you know, same, same deal if you get Caleb Williams. So you got to build around your quarterback. I think the Eagles, Brian Johnson, that one seems pretty good. Brian Johnson's a young guy; it's his first year as the OC. But there's a lot of good defensive-minded candidates this year. I think they're going to be the top, some of the top names. I want Harbaugh, Bienamy, one of the Johnsons, Slowick, as you said, one of those guys. I'm I'm done with the defense. I want offense. So that's the answer to that question. Number four, Alyssa, what's your favorite Bears storyline entering these final five weeks of the season? Right, you could go with Justin Fields. You go with Matt Eberflus's hot seat. Ryan Poles, what's he gonna do? What's he thinking? What's you know that poker face of his? Are you watching the young players looking for more improvement there? The Montez sweat deal in the defense just on fire since you dropped that player into your lineup. The Bears maybe pushing for a playoff, you know, birth, which some people are saying is possible. What's your favorite storyline?
1: <laughs> Sorry, you said playoffs. and The Bears made me giggle for a second. Okay. More on that Um later. <laughs> which I know we're going to talk about this later. Um, but yeah, there's so many storylines did post on bears Wire this week too, about things we're watching. And like everything you mentioned was just, those are the storylines. And I mean, I had like a top two, but I think that they're intertwined and that's obviously Justin Fields and how he's finishing out this season and Matt Eberflus. Cause I mean, again, if you decide to move on from Eberflus, I think that you're going to go and draft a quarterback because you want to, again, keep them on the same timeline. So, I feel like Matt Eberflus especially uh, is is very invested in Justin Fields' performance over the last five weeks. We saw that in the postgame locker room celebration after they beat the Vikings and like how Matt Eberflus hugged Justin Fields. <laughs> it's like, thanks for saving my job for another week, buddy. A little awkward, um, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So, I mean, I think I'm going to like put it together. I'm going to form my own storyline, and I'm going to say the future of Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus because I do think that they're intertwined uh unlike ryan poles who might get another shot right a, G- a gm will he will get to pick his quarterback usually before he's fired so um yeah i just think looking at these final games too uh in the final stretch which we'll look at there are opportunities for justin Fields specifically to really show that he can be that franchise quarterback again he we know he has the tools the skill set to be a really good dual threat quarterback in the league and it's it's rare, some of his traits, and he's really good at throwing the deep ball. Matt Eberflus talked about it at his press conference on Wednesday, and I want to see more of that. And I wonder, too, if like Eberflus is going to be maybe even more involved. Like, hey, Getsy, let's let's open it up a little bit, right, because our jobs are on the line. Um, I just like looking at some of the teams. There will be uh, opportunities. Like the Lions defense, again, they're giving up a lot of points. Justin Fields, I think he's uh, due another probably 100 rushing yards. This would be the fourth game if he's able to break that 100-yard rushing mark where he'd be able to do that. And again, you get to see that, you know, no, he doesn't always have 300-yard, 400-yard passing games, but he's able to get things done on the ground with his legs too. But I think the most important thing for him is just the overall management of the game, protecting the football, orchestrating those fourth-quarter comebacks, which we saw him do against the Vikings. If they're in a position like that this week, which they very well could be, you know, is this, do you turn the corner? Are you able to finally finish this game out on like the previous time? So, and again, with Matt Eberflus, because I mean, I probably should have been fired back in week three, right? And he's still standing and he has an opportunity here over these last five games to, to prove that, Hey, give me another year, right? Let's build this roster out a little bit more. Hey, if you need me to find a new offensive coordinator, which again, I don't know if, maybe if you have to fire somebody Luke Getzey would be the scapegoat mm. which I mean he's not really I mean he's a big part of the problem um but then you want Justin Fields learning his third offense right since he's been with the Bears um it's I don't know maybe if you have to make that decision then you do and you get a new offensive coordinator but I mean you look at when Matt Eberflus is done with the defense and that's progress right and you've seen Justin Fields make progress you have draft capital you have uh you're going to have about north of 80 million dollars in salary cap space. You have these pieces on defense, so I mean, I'm talking myself into the point where I think that there's a there's a chance that Matt Eberflus could be back next year, and I, I don't like it, Ryan. I don't like it one bit.
2: Yeah, I need to cut you off here before you say something you're going to regret. You know, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> I know. you 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 crapped all over the playoff push idea, but now you're talking about the Bears winning out and winning, get into the playoffs. But we'll, we'll talk I know about what that. happened. Well, yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> we'll talk about more about that later. But yeah, I I'm all in on Fields. Uh, I. I want the team to keep him and build around him and go draft Marvin Harrison Jr. I want I want Marvin Harrison on a rookie contract under team control for five years. That's what I want. And you keep adding to your offensive line. Maybe, you know, if you want to get replace... A center. Yeah, get Before a center, get a center. Yeah, keep adding to the line. And if you want to replace Darnell Mooney in the slot, I think he's fine there. But if you want to replace him in the slot, fine. But, like, keep building that offense. Go score some points. You got something on defense. You got some young players that are playing really well. You just signed Montez Sweat. So I, I want... I want to see what happens, but I'm also, I was all in on that idea. Alyssa, when I thought about this question originally, but then you, when you were talking about the enemy polls, Caleb Williams and the comparisons to <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, now I'm picturing the bears being the Kansas city chiefs. And now it's, it's hard for me to get that out of my head now. So uh, we're going to turn into the chiefs offense with Caleb Williams. I kind of like that too. If you can give me Williams and the enemy, I kind of like that. So we'll see. There's a lot of hypotheticals here. I'm still rooting for Justin Fields. That's, that's where my heart is. Go, Justin. Go. Uh, question number five. This is a question I titled just to annoy Alyssa. So my apologies oh, in it. advance. Uh, you have to take you have to take all hatred aside here. OK, all hatred oh, this aside. Is
1: a Packers question this is a Packers question, guys.
2: Yes. Uh, and just <laughs> just know. you're right. You're you're 100 percent right. And this question was born from an article on Bears Wire. I read right before Thanksgiving. It was an article like, you know, what fans should be thankful for. And somewhere in the article, I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like, hey, at least the Packers suck too, right? So that was something that fans should be (laughs) thankful for. Since then, the Packers went out, dominated the Lions on Thanksgiving in their building. Oh, man, really just spoiled the turkey there for the the Detroit Lions, right? And then went home and beat Kansas City this past week. And now they're in the playoffs if it starts today in the NFC. So they're kind of hot. Uh, never mind the fact that LaFleur, I don't think he's ever lost a game in December or some stupid stat like that. So here's the question. You got to put all your hatred aside. And it's all because you said they suck on Bears Fire. Listen, this is, what board, this is where this question came from. Which franchise is on a better trajectory to challenge whatever, the Lions or whatever? Just challenge for the division title over the next, let's call it three to five years. Is it the Packers with Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, their young team that seems to be improving and gaining a little bit of momentum right now? Or the Bears, who you could say are kind of on an upswing themselves. If you want to look at it glass half full, what which franchise is on the better trajectory over the next three to five years?
1: Well, first off, uh, thank you, Freezing Cold Takes, um, for that bringing that back <laughs> up. And Sorry. you're welcome, Packers fans. Because apparently, um, I just helped you go two and zero the last you, couple of weeks, and you lit a fire. I had the, I had the magic Packers. touch, apparently. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it, you lit a fire into that team
1: damn it. That was not my intention. I was trying to celebrate this. Um, now that's, that's an interesting question. The timeline that you gave like three to five years. So if this question was more kind of like one to two years, I would say the Packers, uh, cause I think they're set up for more immediate success, but I think looking long-term three to five years, um, I think that the bears are in a, still in a better position. I mean, this off season, I feel like a lot could change a lot. Uh, some could stay the same, you know, right. But, I feel like the bears and you look at specifically to like, you know, building the laying the groundwork and this off season, again, where you have, you know, premium draft capital, you have two first round picks. You're going to have, 80 million dollars in salary cap space to continue to to build this team you're in a situation where maybe you go add the best wide receiver in college football to your roster or you add the number one overall pick uh the number one quarterback caleb williams to your roster and then you go out and get a new head coach offensive minded guy and you keep building building so i mean i still think that i think that the bears are better set up for the next three to five years you have a lot of of those pieces in place um, other guys that are coming up that they could be getting contract extensions. Um, and yeah, I love how you said, put all your hatred aside. Never. I will never do that by the way, the <laughs> Packers know. are forever. Just no, ne- I will never say a nice thing about them. Um, never. <laughs> Unless yeah. that player is off the team and then, Hey, there you go. They're not Packer anymore. But um, yeah, I think just kind of like three to five year, I mean, it, it's even hard to look that far in advance, honestly, because there's so much that could change. Because who would have thought after the Bears fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace that we'd be, we'd be in this position two years later where it seems like their head coach is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument for the for the general manager, depending on what Kevin Warren wants to do. So, I mean, a lot could happen between now and then. But I think just I think the Bears are in a better position when it comes to the salary cap, like, you know, immediate future. Uh, in the next couple of years, I think draft capital. I'm still in this position where I'm happy that the Packers are winning because I want them to get to that, like, no man's land in terms of where, okay, you're going to miss the playoffs. But also, hey, you got a crappy draft pick. So you didn't even get a top draft pick. Meanwhile, the Bears have two first-rounders that are trending to be perhaps top five, top seven, at the minimum, I feel like, top ten draft picks. So, yeah, I mean – I. Again, I wasn't going to pick the Packers anyways, but (laughs) I'll I'll say the Bears just, again, three to five years, a lot can happen. So I don't know. Maybe the Bears will take the North and never give it back by then because Ryan Poles, I mean, five years should be enough.
2: Yeah. No, I – I don't know if you really put your hatred aside. I don't know if you really played well with that question, but I'm not surprised. Uh, You find a little bit of a loophole there because I gave you three to five years. I should have said just just left that part out, then you'd really be stumped. I appreciate you, Ryan. I think, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. I got to give you a little wiggle room, and you find it. Of course you do when it comes to the Packers. But I I think you, you made some valid points there. I think the one thing that the Packers have that I think Bears fans should envy while they're hating the Packers, but should also envy, is that they just have that stability, head coach system. You know what I mean? Like... I don't think Jordan Love is the next Aaron Rodgers, but I also don't think he's the worst quarterback in the league by any shot. And I think he's got a chance to be their starter for the long term. And he just he they had a succession plan. It was the same offense. He learned the offense. He came he comes in. Now he's ready to go. And they're pushing for a playoff berth, and that's how it's supposed to be. And it's just like that stability between quarterback, coach, system, all that crap is important, right? And it's just something that Bears fans are like, can we can we get a little of that? Like, can we have some of that? You know what I mean? So, we're talking about potentially another a new quarterback and head coach, or Fields and another offensive coordinator. And it's like you're just chasing that stability, and it's something that the Packers have been able to hang their hat on. So, I well,
1: promise. in in regards to to that, in the immortal words of Jim Harbaugh, some people were born on third base uh, <laughs> or on third base, thinking that they made it there when they were actually born, or whatever the heck the quote was. Uh, so, my my point is that it's pretty. Uh, easy to kind of have that stability when you have back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks, mm-hmm. right? And I think that Matt LaFleur really came into a good situation with not just quarterback, but also they had a really good defense in place. So we'll see. I mean, Jordan Love, he's he, he he's definitely ascending. He looks like he's getting better, but I don't think he's Hall of Fame yet. I feel like we knew pretty early with Aaron Rodgers. You could tell um, just like how good he is. I mean, Jordan Love has looked pretty bad at times this year. Uh so, yeah, I mean, hey, they want to stick with Jordan, love, <laughs> by all means, please. Better <laughs> that than going out and like getting another Hall of Fame quarterback because like two is enough.
2: Yeah. So I, I know I, I I riled up Alyssa. So I'm going to we're going to take a break. I'm going <laughs> to we're going to try to calm her down as we get into the second segment and talk about this Lions game. I just had to do it, Alyssa. I knew that would annoy you. So my apologies. <laughs> so we're we're going to take a breath here, get into the next stuff. But first, it's already week. 14 week 14 so if you could believe that we're at the uh, yeah we're gonna get some fantasy advice from our friends over at the huddle.com for week 14 and we'll be right back
0: Corey bonini with the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week 14 quarterback baker mayfield tampa bay buccaneers at atlanta falcons Mayfield scored 21 fantasy points against Atlanta in the earlier meeting, and this defense has given up at least 21 points to the likes of Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Will Levis, Joshua Dobbs, and Kyler Murray this year. Mayfield is a viable quarterback one play against a defense that has struggled to stop signal callers through the air and on the ground, which is a nice bonus to consider for a quarterback with above average mobility. Running back A.J. Dillon, Green Bay Packers at New York Giants. Dylan once again will assume the primary chores if Aaron Jones can't play, but there's little to get excited about here based on what the bruising back has done on his own. The bright spot to focus on is the matchup itself. New York comes back from its bye having allowed a rushing touchdown per game on the year and at least the fifth most fantasy points per game in both primary scoring systems. Wide receiver Drake London, Atlanta Falcons versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As expected, versus the toughest pass defense in the league last week, London was not a quality play. However, a single catch for eight yards isn't exactly what people had in mind. This week, it should be the polar opposite result versus an injury-ravaged Tampa Bay defense that has given up copious points to the position of late. Since Week 8, wide receivers have averaged a touchdown per game and the fourth-highest yardage figure on a per-game basis. Titan Gerald Everett, Los Angeles Chargers versus Denver Broncos. I'll admit this one's digging a little deeper than we usually go. Everett isn't a safe play in any setting per se, but he does have an awesome matchup, especially if you're gambling for a cheap touchdown grab. Denver has allowed three scores in the last four games to the position, and they've come at the seventh highest rate in relation to catch faced. That alone makes Everett an understandable play at a volatile position. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
2: All right, we're back, uh, and we're going to get into this Lions game. Bears-Lions. Uh, the Bears are getting points at home against a team they dominated not so long ago. Uh, just didn't win. So that's, that's a neat trick. You dominate, but don't win. That's very Bears. Uh, that is so Bears. That's yeah, very Bears. But before we get into that, Alyssa, I need you to explain yourself. Uh, um, the Bears, for more stuff that you wrote on Bears Wire that I... I, I do read oh. your stuff, okay? So I got to hold you accountable sometimes. Uh, the gonna, Bears... You be careful now. <laughs> <laughs> the Bears have some gettable games here down the stretch. You know, a couple in the division when you include, you know, Detroit at home. We just mentioned that one. You got the Browns. Who just started Joe Flacco in a game, so they're down bad. The Cardinals, yeah, Kyler Murray's back, but they have nothing at the skill positions. Really, they're banged up, and their defense is awful. The Falcons, I guess they're okay. I'm not a big Arthur Smith believer, and they're 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 above 500, but they're just not a great football team. So you got the Packers in Week 18. We'll we'll talk. We could talk about that one later. I think the Packers are probably in a better spot than you, but we'll see. I think the Bears. Can win and make some noise there, but uh, the rebuttal is pretty easy, Alyssa. Right? You you're going to tell me that they've never won back-to-back games under Vad Iberflus, and that is fair. <laughs> okay, that is fair. But I see some competitive games and, and wins coming up uh, when I look at the schedule, and I just I think the team with Fields fighting for his life and Iberflus coaching for his life. I just I'm drinking the Kool Aid, uh, the you know the Bears flavored Kool Aid. But you, not so much. You predicted the Bears to finish the season with a 5-12 and record, which means, Alyssa, you think they will go 1-4 and against that mediocre-ass field I just rattled off. So I need you to explain yourself before we get into this Lions game. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so I'm going to start off by saying, okay, at the start of the year, I am normally very optimistic. I mean, I think most fans are. Um, it, it's the best time of the year if you're a Bears fan because, like, all the hope is there. Uh, like we had going into that week one game against the Packers, and then it all just came crashing uh, back to reality, just how bad things were going to be. Um, you know, looking at this final stretch, I mean, I do think that they're all winnable games, but it's just, I know better, Ryan. I know better. I know this team. I've seen what they've done this season and last season under Matt ebraflus I just don't have a good feeling. I definitely think that these will all be competitive games, but as as we've seen this season, there have been quite a few competitive games that they just found a way to lose because when you're a bad football team, you find a way to lose games. And I just feel like that's something that could ultimately happen down the stretch here. The Lions, as we've seen with that defense and what the Bears were able to do last week or a couple weeks ago, actually, um, in Detroit, and now this game is going to be at home, that this is a game where I think it could be competitive and it's going to be on the defense here. So I'm still going to pick that to be a loss. I just think... You know when it's like that, the better football team will win. Um, so I had the Lions losing that one or the Lions winning that one. Now, the Cleveland game, like looking at it, yes, Joe Flacco just started. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is Dorian Thompson Robinson going to be ready maybe perhaps when the Bears play this game? That rookie, so does it matter? But it's not even, I'm not even worried about quarterback because I think the defense will, will be good. I, I'm worried mm-hmm. about that pass rush and I have PTSD and I know Justin Fields does too because I'm convinced that that game against the Browns, his first rookie start in 2021, I'm convinced that's where it all went wrong. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, Matt Eber – I'm sorry, Matt Maggie threw him to the Wolves. He has got massacred back there. And, like, I mean, that's why I, I'm convinced that he's just – he's not as trusting in his offensive line. He's a little – you know, he's like – he just looks a little nervous back there. Now he's going – Miles Garrett's going to be back there. And I'm just like, this has the makings, especially in Cleveland, of being where the defense plays better when they're in Cleveland – I'm nervous about this. Like, I think this could be a low scoring game where the defense forces a couple turnovers. Justin Fields is sacked probably at least five times, even though the offensive line has done pretty good uh, protecting the quarterback this year. They, they definitely progressed there, but I think, you know, Fields, he does have a penchant for holding onto the ball a little too long, waiting for things to develop. Uh, so I just, I have this being a loss because of, of the Browns defense, just uh, get having their way with the bears. Now, Week 16 and 17, honestly, I think the Bears probably will and can beat the Cardinals and then the Falcons the next week. But like you mentioned, the Bears have yet to win back-to-back games under Matt Eberflue. So there I just like in good conscience could not pick them to win consecutive games. I'm trying to be realistic here. Now, I feel like they they could beat Arizona, which is why I have them losing to them. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's like if you look between the Falcons and and, uh, the Cardinals, I feel like the Cardinals is probably the most logical win there. So that means that they're going to lose that game. Um, And so I have them. It's, again, a close one. I just think, I don't know, just things go. And it's weird, too, because this is in Soldier Field. It's going to be on Christmas Eve. You have a warm weather team coming up uh, to Soldier Field. So, again, I think they probably will win this game. So like technically, I picked them to go one and four, but technically it's more like two and three, <laughs> because I just couldn't. Does that, does that make sense? I just can't pick them to to win that back to uh, back games. I don't know. It probably will happen. That'll be Matt Eberflus's last stand. Um, I have them beating the Falcons um, on New Year's Eve. They should have beaten them last year. I mean, Bijan Robinson is what I'm most nervous about in the Falcons game, and the Bears have the best run defense in the NFL. So feel pretty confident about that. And the Packers game, I am never. I'm not taking the Bears to beat the Packers until they prove to me they can do that. Mm-hmm. This is now what nine losses in a row to Green Bay. Like come on, yeah, I'm, a, not, I'm just not picking it.
2: That's a Lambo and they're they're a,
1: they're a lot better than they were in Week One too. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that's the only nice thing you're going to hear me say about Green Bay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I hear you. You almost talk yourself into more wins though, so I like that. Once we get you going, you'll almost talk yourself you know out of your original take. I love it, but I I just thought that was kind of fun and and good for you. I mean, most bears fans are not going to pick themselves to go one and four, but I think you're so fed up with this head coach that you just refuse to believe that they could win back to back games, which I I think is great. Uh, here, here's my bold prediction. It's going to go against you. Um, I don't know how much I really believe this. It's just, I had that take last week that I think the bears could be the lions of 2022 and they, they stay in the playoff hunt going forward. So, I now need to pick them to beat Detroit this week at home, you know, so they could so they could keep my take alive. So I'm going to do that, and I'm also going to predict this. Here's my bold prediction, Alyssa. I'm going to predict the Bears are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet when we get to Lambo. I think that ends up what? being a meaning. Yeah, I think that ends up being a meaningful game, at least entering the week, um, because you know we don't know the start time of that game yet. It's possible that they could make that game later in the day. Bears' chances could hinge on results earlier because I, you know the bears are going to need a thousand things to, they're, they're going to need like five different scenarios to happen to get in right in this, in this uh, hypothetical. But I think it sounds
1: really similar to the lions. Last yeah, year. exactly. And guess who they ended the year against and got to dash the playoff playoff hopes mm-hmm. up.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of oh, like I it. would love that. Right. You see the symmetry there. It was, it wasn't it in Lambeau field that we laughed at Aaron Rodgers it for pooping his pants. Once again, see, all, all the Packers had to do was win to get in and they couldn't do it against the lions.
1: I'm all for the bears. Just like beating <laughs> them and just like keeping them out of the playoffs. That's a win. That yep. is a that is a win. That's like you just had a winning season kind of. Thing. Oh, man. I yep. say, Matt, so the job. symmetry
2: that you can feel it, you can feel this coming. It's it's the universe is speaking to us. The Bears are going to be mathematically alive. It's gonna be a long shot, but they're gonna be mathematically alive entering week 18. Alyssa heading the Lambeau. It's going to hinge on games earlier in the day. They might not work out, but going into that game, they will be mathematically alive. And then they're going to play the Packers at Lambeau. I don't know. Will the Packers have glitched by then? Maybe uh, they have a really kind of a cupcake schedule. Uh, so we'll see, but my bold prediction- my bold prediction is really just hinging on my take last week that the bears are the Lions of the lines of twenty twenty two uh that they're gonna ha- they're gonna stay mathematically alive and we're gonna be able to at least say we're not officially out of it yet uh they're not gonna be mathematically eliminated until until the final week, so that's my I'm not saying they're gonna make the playoffs, but I'm saying they're not they're gonna be still mathematically alive through week seventeen, Alyssa, so how about that
1: man, that makes me nervous because it kind of feels like a scenario where that's where you justify bringing back Matt Eberflus kind of like the lost year with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace the in 2021, where they should have been fired uh, after the 2020 season, but they were brought back anyways. And it just kind of felt like a, a wasted year, but I don't know Then maybe that leads to, you know, again, like if Eberflus is here, you stick with Justin Fields and like maybe that leads to other things. I, yeah. It's so, it's so crazy how they're, Are so many different scenarios and different things that can happen. Because usually, as Bears fans, we're kind of in this position. Where it's like, okay, let's let's just get rid of the head coach, right? And that's good. We're gonna feel good about it. Now you have two different options where it's not like you wanna move forward from Justin Fields necessarily, but like you have to do what's right. So like it could be exciting to get a new quarterback and a new offensive-minded head coach, or it could be exciting to stick with Justin Fields. So they're not two necessarily bad options. It's just which one is the right one. And that's a decision that Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren are gonna to have to make. But yeah, I think that going on a run because you're picking them to go on a run. Then yep. if they're still going to be in the playoff hunt,
2: yeah, I think they can stay in it. I think I think they can win a couple. Again, it would it would, it would require them winning multiple games. So can you do it, Eberflus? <laughs> uh, and, but and if it, and if this run does save Eberflus and Fields, right? If it does keep them here next year, uh, I I I've wanted them to move on from Eberflus just like you all season you could tell the last couple of weeks I've softened on it just because of the way the defense is playing. So if, if flutes is back next year, because the defense has improved so much under him now that he's actually getting real players to work with and guys are healthy uh, and you want to go with flutes and a new offensive coordinator uh, that can just handle the offensive side, just take the offensive side and be the, the general manager of the offense. You know what I mean? Like Iber flutes, you got the defense. I got the offense. You stay in your lane. I'll stay in my lane. Like that kind of thing. Uh, I'd be all for it. And honestly, Eric, B enemy would be perfect. He's just not going to make a lateral move, right? He's, he'd probably only come to Chicago for the, for the head coach job, but I, for some reason I'm My, softening on Eberflus. I, I, I'd be fine with him yeah. staying as long as it means gets, he's gone.
1: I, I'd agree there. My only thing too, is if Eberflus comes back and he's brought back this year or for next year, given a whole off season, I don't know whether maybe, maybe that would factor into the decision to bring him back would be At that point, you just go and you hire a new defensive coordinator, right? Mm Because, I mean, that's a position that is not filled. Technically, he's not the defensive coordinator. He's just calling defensive plays. So you still need a defensive coordinator. And if he brings in a new defensive coordinator, he's still going to be as involved in the defense, which I think he should, because that would be the reason why he's being brought back because of that turnaround and what he's been able to accomplish with that group. So. There's so many questions about this offseason, even if they don't move on from Matty Ruflus and Justin Fields. Like, it's crazy. We're going to have plenty uh, plenty to talk about. But, I mean, I wouldn't be mad with them going on a run because, I mean, at this point, even if you don't make the playoffs, I mean, you're showing – it's about, you know, the future. And you're showing you're ending the season on a high note. And you're going to have a lot of these same players in place next year. You need to obviously go and uh, re-sign Jalen Johnson, uh darnell mooney if you want to bring him back uh so yeah it'll be it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens down the stretch but i i like that you're being optimistic Ryan. i wish i could be but i've just been a bears fan for too long yeah. to do that
2: you're smarter than me you know you know better and honestly your prediction like i love that you predicted the team to finish five and twelve i, I love that because all right you know you could be right Right. And everyone will be like, wow, nice call, Alyssa. You nailed it. Or you could be wrong and you could just be, you know, the stand up professional human that you are and be like, "Eh, I was wrong. But hey, our team actually might be good next year. You know what I mean? Like we're on the we're we're on a good trajectory. You know, trajectory. Sorry. So. Yeah, your your pick was way better than mine because if I'm wrong, then I'm an idiot, and everyone could point fun and then laugh and be like, "Well, you were wrong. The Bears suck." See, so yeah, no, you you're on a you're on a higher plane as usual. So I like your stance on it way more than mine, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess you know, in my little take there, I picked the Lions. Uh, I, I kind of like the Lions. I think they're a good story. I like Dan Campbell. I know you do too. Uh, I kind of worry though that this team is. Are they a paper tiger or are they a real contender? You know, the Lions. you know, I'm not sure their signature win. I guess you'd have to go all the way back to week one. They won by one point over the chiefs. Travis Kelsey didn't play in that game. They kind of got a little bit of luck. I think they had like a, a defensive touchdown in the second half. that got them going. uh, And they were able to pull that game out in week one. So that's their big win. Their other wins are against the Falcons, the Packers earlier this year, but then they got beat at home by the Packers. So you got to wash that out. Panthers, bucks, Raiders, chargers, bears, Saints, so those are not exactly the NFL elite. Uh, you know, and then you look at the Bears, right? They win in the forward field. They dominated the Lions for 55 minutes. We talked about it. They crapped it away in the fourth quarter uh, because that's what the Bears do in the fourth quarter. But, uh, you know, for 55 minutes, you dominated Jared Goff. You really made him look bad. You, you were handling this Lions team. Uh, Detroit, Alyssa, I don't think they're playing great defense right now, right? You just look at this past week. They got up 21 nothing on the Saints in the first quarter. 21 nothing. And the Saints, they never got even, but they got back in the ball game. And by the fourth quarter, it was 27-21. And the Saints had plenty of chances to go and, and get back in it. They just couldn't get over the hump. So you got Eberflus. He's kind of hot right now with his defense. He's coming off a good game against the Lions in Detroit. He's got extra time to prepare for round two coming off the bye week. You got to factor that in, right? The Lions have been shaky for like a month. They barely beat the Chargers. They had to score 41 points to beat the Chargers by a field goal. Uh should have lost to Chicago. Again, the Bears, fourth quarter Bears. They got smacked at home on Thanksgiving by the pay, uh, the Packers. And this past week, again, it was a win over New Orleans, but the Saints, they played without Michael Thomas. They played without Marshawn Lattimore. You were up 21 to nothing, and you almost crapped that game away. So I think the Lions are good. I don't think they're a juggernaut. I think the Bears kind of showed that they can play with them uh, a few weeks ago, and I think they will again. So I, I love the three and a half points I'm getting. I'm going to take those points at home. And I think the Bears could win it outright, Alyssa. I, I have a feeling. So I know you're going to disagree because I read your article, but that's where I'm at. I just think the, the Lions don't scare me. I don't think they scare the Bears.
1: Yeah, no, you made some good points there, too, because when you're talking about the Lions and are they contenders, um, I think that they have the offense definitely to be contenders at defense, like you mentioned, has been shaky and. Holding that you have to hold up the Lions, you know, next to the 49ers and the Eagles. And do you think that they could? I mean, I think that that the Eagles and Niners would handle them, uh, just you know, easily. Dallas, in my opinion, another especially one, with too. That
2: yeah, and yeah, Dallas, yes. I don't oh put them goodness, on that tier. I
1: Dallas, I, I'm just like banking on Dallas eventually, just choking in the playoffs like they always do. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but no, like you said, I mean, I do agree that I think this is going to be a close game. I think the Bears proved that they they went on the road. And they played, like, really good football for 55 minutes. And they should have won this game. They had a comfortable lead. They had a two-score lead, and I was still like, uh-uh, wait, wait. wait. No, 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 I've seen this before. <laughs> um, And again, we saw just how quickly, too. It happened so quickly. It was like, if the Lions can find a way to play like that for an entire game, this is not going to be close. Um, just because I know they really had a way with that with the secondary, the Bears secondary the last game. But I think the Bears offense proved that especially going against this Lions defense that there are plays to be made, particularly downfield, which we want to see, especially after the Vikings game where I'm trying to remember the stat, Ryan, where what was it? Justin Fields threw three passes that traveled longer than 10 air yards against yep. the Vikings. So you have opportunities, as we saw in the last game against the Lions, to really stretch the field, and I want to see that. I want to. I have DJ Moore on my fantasy team. I'm, I want to start him, and I am going to start him, hoping that he should have. Um, you know, he's already eclipsed the one thousand yard mark. Good for you, DJ. Um, I'm expecting big numbers from him. I want to see the downfield passing attack. Deontay Foreman uh, looks like he's coming back this week, and he's just been because you look at the Bears' like run game as a whole. I think. You know, obviously, Fields is a big part of that. But Foreman's been out. And Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert, I mean, it's been a little shaky from the running backs this year. I think Deontay Foreman's the exception. So have a nice balanced attack, but also don't be afraid to open things up. You know, we talk a lot about Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields and them auditioning for their jobs. I mean, I think Luke Getzey is, obviously, too, because like, like we've talked about, he could be the scapegoat here. So I feel like over these next five games, he needs to show that, He's going to craft a game plan around his quarterback and around his offensive strengths, and not try to just fit them to to do what he what he wants to do. So, I mean, this is an opportunity. You have opportunities to really uh, pile it on this defense. So go and do it. Obviously, you got to do a better job protecting Justin Fields. I mean, Darnell Wright. He's he's held his own. He he's a rookie, so he's had his ups and downs, but he's been really solid. Uh, for the Bears this year, and you know, he's gonna be going up against Aiden Hutchinson again and that let that play with, a, with the with the strip sack fumble that just kind of ended things at the end of the game. Um, you know, I, we need a strong performance from the offensive line uh, from Justin Fields from these uh, weapons. So I mean, I think that they're gonna keep it close again. I'm ex- I'm excited for a competitive game. I just in my gut, it's telling me that in these close games, these close divisional games, too, that the better team wins out. And obviously I think it's not even close that the lions are the better team. So I would love nothing more for the bears to come in there and just upset them. I can rub it in um, my, is uh, <laughs> my obnoxious uh, relative lions fans faces. That would be nice. <laughs> um, but I, I do expect, like you've mentioned, like these final games are so much on the line for so many people, players, not just beyond Justin Fields, like Jalen Johnson playing for a contract extension, Darnell Mooney, right? Uh, and the coaches, Matty Berflus uh, and Luke Getze. Uh, so there's, there's a lot on the line in this game. And I think that they're going to keep it close. But I don't know. Maybe this is one of those last team with the ball wins kind of scenarios. And, you know, the Lions, they are a better football team. They might not be up in that, you know, upper echelon uh, with the NFC contenders, but I do think that they're the better team here. Yeah. I'll take the points by the way.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Well, so what we're, we're taking the points. So you think the Bears lose but maybe by a field goal at the end or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I could totally see that playing out. Um you know, another thing you hit on this earlier too. Another reason I like the Bears is Fields runs all over this team. Uh yeah. wasn't it? It was 18 carries against them the first time, is that right? I think it was. 18, uh, yeah.
1: 18 for 104. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's I think that's more by design. I, I I'm sure a lot of those are scrambles, but he didn't he have like a hundred and seventy yard rushing game against them a couple of years or yeah like last year or something. He's run, last
1: year he had the hundred he had two hundred plus I think one was like one forty something the other was one twenty something both against the lines insane
2: both against the lions yeah. yeah so both. he he runs on this team they can't tackle him he's in so their head when he runs Uh and and they are scared of that so. Hopefully uh, that that thing happens, too. Right. So going for a fourth straight 100 yard rushing game against the Lions. Is that right? What a stat that, that is. is. Right. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. So I think that's playing in your favor, too. Also, your kicker has been good, uh, Santos. So a lot of things working for the for the Bears. Again, Alyssa, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a run. <laughs> the 2022 Lions. That's what the Bears are going to do. They're going to pull off that act. All right. I'm going to keep speaking it into existence. and It's going to happen. I like this take
1: optimism. Don't I let me down. Bears.
2: Do not let me down. You're at home. You should. Oh, this Brian, team. I regret to
1: inform <laughs> you. Um.
2: <laughs> You're just a bears fan. You're just, a bears I know fan. better. Yeah. I've seen
1: this film before. <laughs>
2: yeah, I know you can't, you can't shake that. So, all right, that was fun. I feel like we, uh, mission accomplished. I think we're ready to go now. Right. Are you ready to cover a football game? Cause I'm, I'm ready. I feel like we got react, reacclimated just fine from that podcast. That was, there's actually a lot to, uh, a lot of good eating in there. That was fun.
1: There was, I'm ready for for a football game. It, it's felt like a month since they've last played. And so now I'm thinking ahead to the off season where they're not going to play for six months. And I'm like, Oh damn it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm going to miss like, even when the bears are struggling and like it's bad football, you don't realize how much you're going to miss it because then there's just not going to be any football on, uh, no NFL football. Um, so yeah, I'm going to enjoy these final five games. There's a lot to watch as we covered, um, should be fun down the stretch here. Um, in the offseason, oof, we have plenty to cover.
2: Yeah. It's gonna get good. It's gonna get good in the off season, But maybe they maybe they won't be mathematically eliminated when we get to the we get to Lambeau Field. Remember that, Bears fans.
1: Keep speaking into
2: it. Yes, I just gotta keep speaking it. So <laughs> all right. Good times as always for Alyssa Barvieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. uh, for y'all listening this long on the podcast. We appreciate you. Tell a friend if you could. <laughs> Let them know that the podcast exists. Other Bears fans, we're trying to spread the word here. Have them rate and review us, even if they think we suck. We'll we'll take any review. Uh, and uh, subscribe as well. All that good stuff. But we'll be back next week to break down Bears-Lions. Bears, don't let me down. We'll talk to you next week.
1: And as always, Bear Down.
0: Just going to run this...